MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Number two of Big Bets here on the at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Right now in that bowl game updating Buffalo. They're at the one-yard line, third and goal. Georgia Southern trying to keep them out. Uh, but the clock is now going to become an issue if you're a Georgia Southern backer like I am here with nine and a half minutes to go here in the fourth quarter. But you don't know what to root for. You Sure, a stop would be great, but you're almost like just score, give us the ball back with time still on the clock because it's starting to milk this thing pretty good. Well, this is an important play here, and they, it's fourth and goal. They didn't make it. So I mean, Buffalo's the short yardage for both these teams has been pretty treacherous here. So, what do you do now? You got to kick the field goal, don't you? Yeah, you do. You know, it's interesting. No coach does this. They, I would have used timeouts here, and you say, "Well, why? What difference does it make? You wait till the end of the game." I would rather have saved two minutes of game clock because you knew you were going to be down two scores anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming Buffalo will kick the field goal. They get three shots at it from the one, and you basically couldn't score. So what's going to be different on fourth down? But I, I'm not sure that they, they are going to kick the field oh, goal. This is so. a no-brainer. So I would Buffalo, take a delay game here if I were Buffalo. Yeah. Why not run yeah. it? Run it all the way down. So we'll keep an eye there. But uh, Buffalo looks like they're going to have that two-score lead. As we continue in the fourth quarter, let's get to Frank Schwab. Of course, follow him on Twitter as I do at Yahoo Schwab does a great job with Yahoo sports. And, and Frank, here we are We're down in the nitty gritty here, two weeks to go in the regular season. I look at Thursday night's contest between the Cowboys and the Titans. And, and I get it. We see the Titans losers of five straight, right? Short week, but the numbers ticking up. It was nine and a half, 10. I'm seeing some 10 and a half out there. Don't know where you think this number will be before we get to kickoff. Look at the total. 
plummeting down to 40 and a half. What do you make of these two teams? The Cowboys have life, but it would take uh, in conjunction with the Eagles losing two more, or else this game really doesn't have that much importance to the Cowboys. I wouldn't think it has a ton of importance to the Cowboys, but the light's still on for the NFC East. So I, I assume they're going to play it as usual. Pollard, you know, he's dinged up. He'll probably play. Dak will play, all that stuff. This is all about the Titans. Titans have nothing to play for. Mm. Literally, they they would be dumb to play any key player. If if Mike Vrabel plays Derrick Henry in this game, it's kind of coaching malpractice. <laughs> Even he said yesterday, I, look, I got a lot of guys less than 100%. And the whole reason for this, everybody knows this by now, Week 18, they win. They're the AFC South champs. They lose. Jaguars are the AFC South champs. Nothing that happens this week changes that. Why wouldn't the Titans put out a preseason lineup right here? I, I just, there's just nothing in it for them to play in this game. I, and that that stinks for Thursday night audience and the NFL and all that. But for the better, uh, you know, for what's best for his team, Mike Vrabel just needs to put out, again, fourth, fourth preseason week type of lineup here. I completely agree with you, and and I love what you said. It would be coaching malpractice, and you know you look at the scenario, and they have to do that, in my opinion, if you if you're going to make uh, the right move to be able to win in Jacksonville, which is already going to be tough enough as it is. Any concerns for you right now when you look at Philly, the Jalen Hurts injury, how severe that could potentially be, or maybe it's just nothing. Lane Johnson going down. Um, when you look at Philadelphia right now, still kind of your odds-on favor to get out of the uh, the conference, or you still look at San Francisco. I mean, it's it's a tough conference. It really is. I assume Hertz is going to be back and, and healthy by then. I mean, he's already talking about wanting to play right away. I don't know how much of that's a smokescreen, how much of it's real. Lane Johnson's an issue. Like, he, their splits with him in and out of the lineup are crazy for a right tackle. Mm. But he's really important to what they do. I, I, I think I think Hertz will be back. We'll see about Lane. That's a big one. The 49ers are just such an interesting case. I, nothing like this has ever happened before. Like, Never been a rookie starting a quarter, started quarterback in a Super Bowl. Never been a third stringer start a quarterback in a Super Bowl. And now they're trying to do both of these things. They're trying to check both of these boxes. At some point, doesn't Brock Purdy have to? This is going to have to be a factor. I, I don't know. I still think the Eagles are the best team. I think they showed that on Sunday on or Saturday. I guess it was. They went in to Dallas, good Dallas team. Dallas team I respect with their backup quarterback and they're 19 yards away from winning the game. I have no, nothing but respect for the Eagles. I think they're a very, very good football team. I do think they're the class of the NFC. Going to get that one seed, so they're two home games away from it. I think they're the, the they're the best team. They're the odds-on favorite. They should be, but they need to be healthy. They they definitely do. I don't know if they could go to the Super Bowl necessarily with Gardner Minshew, but I also can't rule it out. He's a pretty good backup quarterback now. Uh, but we all know what Jalen Hurts' importance is to that team. Uh, 355 for Minshew in the loss uh, against the Cowboys. And now they he's take good. on. He's a, he's a legit yeah. quarterback. Right. He I, really think, I think he he's makes the case. He's 15 teams right now. Yes. 15 teams. That's the whole thing, right? When you watched uh, Nick Foles last night with the Colts. And, you know, you, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, and D.C. You go, wouldn't you rather have Gardner Minshew? I, I think the answers would be yes to those things. They would be upgrades. How significant an upgrade? We don't know, but at least they would be better. So if it is Minshew this week against the Saints, the Saints still have a lot to play for all of a sudden here in the NFC South. And that number's right around seven, that total uh, relatively low at 44. Frank, what do you make of this game now? Because of all those injuries that the Eagles do have, we don't know about Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. Are the Saints live in this game on the road? I don't think so. I just think they're a bad football team. I don't know how they're still alive. I really don't. This is... It's been a bad football team all year. Andy Dalton has played better than anybody really gives him credit for. But this is a bad football team. I think the Eagles just want to take care of business here. I don't know that I can lay to seven. We'll see. But I think the Eagles don't want to go into week 18 saying, oh, my goodness, now all of a sudden we got to win to clinch this thing. 
I think they want to take care of business. Now, it might matter if, look at what happens if the Cowboys somehow lose on Thursday. Does mm. that affect our mindset? Does that, maybe it does. But I think the Eagles just want to take care of business here. The Saints are not very good in any way. They won on an ice rink in Cleveland last week. <laughs> good for them to stay alive. But I don't think that makes them a good team. This is a really, really flawed Saints team, poorly coached. I, I just, I wouldn't want to be having a Saints ticket. Let's put it that way. I, I tend to agree with you. I want to go to the key matchup on Monday night in Cincinnati between the Bills Ooh. and the Bengals. Uh, right now, this is either a pick em, uh, minus a half on Buffalo or minus one, depending on where you see the numbers. Uh, not minus a half, but uh, minus one here with Buffalo. Any particular edge you see? Who do you like in this game? And this is going to be crucial to the AFC in terms of who gets home field advantage. Yeah, and as somebody who has a ton of Bills, uh, number one seed in the AFC tickets from preseason, I'm rooting for the Bills. Maybe that affects me here, but... I do think they're the better team and they go in and win. I just think their defense is going to carry the day here. The Lyle Collins injury for the Bengals and their line, that's a big deal. It really is. I This Bills defense is top five in any metric you want, and I think they show up here. I think they really play well. I think that, that the offense, we know that they're going to move the ball and all that kind of stuff. I, I think the Bills, this is their game. If There's an enormous gap between being the probably the three seed, actually, the three seed and the one seed in the AFC. If you're the one seed in the AFC, whether that's the Chiefs or the or the Bills, you have two home games to make the Super Bowl. You don't have to go to Arrowhead. You don't have to go to Cincinnati. You you are your path is clear. Whereas if the Bills lose this and they drop to the three seed, they're looking at a scenario in which they're going to have to play Wild Card Weekend. They're going to then have to, if they win, go to the Bengals, then go to the Chiefs to make a Super Bowl. This is this is their season right here, and they know that. And I think the Bengals do want to win, but their big game is week 18 against the Ravens. They want to win the division. I don't think the Bengals are getting that top seed. So I think the motivations with the bills, I think the, the talent levels with the bills going to be tough on the road. No doubt about it. But I think the bills pull this through. I think this is a game where, Hey, Buffalo, if you want to win a super bowl, this is your game. You got to win this game. You got to figure out a way on the road. And I think they will. Uh, let's talk about the the Colts after what you saw last night against the Chargers. I mean, do we just, have to and, and Frank an inspiring <laughs> performance from Nick Foles and company. <laughs> Now they go on the road against the Giants, and my operation keep the Giants out of the playoffs. Hinges on the Colts somehow winning this game. They're getting only five and a half. Doesn't that number feel short to you? It does. I, I that look. I was on the Colts last night. I thought home dog, and Foles for for all of his faults. We've seen Foles play really really well. Obviously, he's he's the roller coaster. He's had the weirdest career I can remember in the NFL. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Foles are going to rally around him. They're going to play well. They're going to cover this five. No, I, I could. Uh, it, you know, 10 minutes into the game, I was like, I'm on the wrong side. I got no chance here at all. And that proved to be correct. And they're going back to Foles. Jeff Saturday announced today, Foles is going to be his guy. I just think they're drawing dead. They, what motivation do they have right now? If you can't get up for Monday night football at home, new quarterback, why are you going to get up this week? Going to a cold giants. Like you have a one in four or five games now since you beat the Raiders with Jeff Saturday. I just don't think there's any motivation with the Colts here. I think they get blown out. And the Giants want to clinch this thing. They don't want to put this off any longer. This does seem short. Minus five is is, is a kind of disrespectful to the Giants, honestly, because this Colts team is just miserable. You know, first of all, I'm glad you said you were on the Colts. Not because you lost, but I feel better about not playing the Chargers last night. <laughs> and, you know, to me, when I look at this matchup, I agree with you guys. It does feel like a short number. And I think sometimes you just got to go with it. And if you get beat, you get beat. It was like Tennessee last weekend. I was on Tennessee and they got beat, yeah. but you know, I felt like even though Willis is not a particularly great quarterback, I didn't think Houston would do that much, but lo and behold, they find a way to win that game on the road. Real quick. I want to ask you about MVP. We were talking about Patrick Mahomes. It looks like he's going to be the prohibitive favorite. Now I think he's minus $5 at yeah. this point. Is it that clear cut for you? I mean, I don't, 
I don't understand that one at this point in time, him being that much of a favorite. I don't either, because I think Josh Allen, we talked about this weeks ago. Yeah. You lay out the case for Josh Allen. They win on Monday night at a big time game. Everybody's going to be watching that game. Big time game against the Bengals. What if he goes for 303 touchdowns and they win that game? Then they clear, you know, week 18, they clinch your number one seed. All of a sudden, Josh Allen's argument is hey, we beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. We are the number one seed. No, I don't have the passing stats on Mahomes, but he doesn't have the rushing stats I do. I've been carrying this offense on my back. I think all of a sudden, then Josh Allen has an argument. Will he beat Mahomes? I don't know, but plus 800? I could tell myself a story where you get to the end of week 18, they have the number one seed clinched. And why wouldn't it be Josh Allen? Especially if he balls out against the Bengals in a big Monday night football spot. I think voters have been looking for an excuse to take anybody but Mahomes this year for some reason. Yeah. Mahomes fatigue, whatever it is, was hurts for a long time. There's no way. Tell me this. Is there anybody on the planet who would say, yeah, the Chiefs would be better off with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles wouldn't be as good with Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> no. There's nobody in the world that would say that. But all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts is a hot MVP pick. So they've been looking for excuses to not give it to Mahomes, I think. Josh Allen's never won it. And I think, again, if they get the number one seed, his argument's really easy. And it's like, yeah, that makes all perfect sense. I think it's going to be Mahomes. But again, plus 800, I think Allen's alive. Why not? I yeah. would agree with you. And you get a good showing on Monday night and you win this game and you get the best record in the AFC, it's hard to go against him. Yeah, it's going to be a showcase game to, to, to Frank's point Big there. Time. So, again, he's got the opportunity. He's going to have the stage here. But, you know, that Pat Mahomes, you know, diving for the pylon against Seattle is with the Heisman moment. Yeah, he's great. He's great. There's no doubt about that. Frank, enjoy the football, my friend. We appreciate it. Happy New Year yeah. to you as well. We'll catch up again next week. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank there you. he is, Frank Schwab, everybody. We got drama in these bowl games. We'll tell you what that drama is when you come back with us right here on Big Bets. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just $79. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today. You're going to get 20 bucks to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear in our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross and Maul Shaw here. We got some drama right now in the, uh, what is it, the Gasparilla Bowl? This no, is? the, the uh, what, Camellia bowl? bowl. Camellia Bowl, Gaspar, whatever. It's a flower, something, Camellia. Uh, right now, Georgia Southern just scored. It's 23-21 Buffalo. We've got under four minutes to go in regulation. The live numbers have switched here to Georgia Southern. Well, this is interesting to me, uh, getting five and a half, and the total is at 51 and a half. So they're expecting some more points here. And again, sometimes the screens are faster than the actual action. So I don't know if this means Buffalo is in scoring position here, but uh, we'll have to take a look at that. But again, Georgia Southern, I got them second half laying five and a half. Right now they'd be covering by a half. So you're hoping if you're a Georgia Southern second half backer, they don't score. I don't know that you can get there with the preflop number of Georgia Southern lane six. That feels like it's completely dead in the water. You, you would need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yep. Um, but I, look, Georgia Southern's got a tremendous kicker, 16 for 20 on the year. Two misses have come from outside 50. So inside of 50, 16 for 18 along of 46. So if you can get inside about, I would say, the 30-yard line or anywhere in better if you get the ball back, you've got a great shot. But question is, can they get a stop? They haven't been able to get off the field on third down. No, they haven't. And also, do you wonder, do you go onside kick here, which then could bring the field goal into play for Buffalo? Because you do have all three of your timeouts if you're Georgia Southern here uh, in the final three and a half minutes. UB's not kicking a field goal. 
Uh, unless the only way they would do that is if the onsides kicked it and you peeled off like a 30-yard run. Right, you get it way down there. Way down there. But in all likelihood, I don't think you are. And just based on how long it took them to move the ball here, you would probably, you know, depending on time scoring situation, but I don't think they're going to kick an onsides kick here. And the way Buffalo is positioned, I don't think they're necessarily anticipating. They've got six. Well, they do have seven guys up, so they are anticipating they're that. They're anticipating the onside kick. 338 to go, so we'll see if Georgia Southern does kick this deep. Is what you, I would that's what it I would like do. they did earlier instead of kicking it completely deep. Um, because they you only, can fair catch it. Well, I would have put it right in the middle. You, you had an opportunity yeah. to just you know, try and go for the ball. Yeah, so they do kick it deep. So Buffalo will begin at the 25-yard line here uh, with three and a half minutes to go. So we'll keep a watchful eye there. Uh, there is a, a big slate of games today in the association that I wanted to touch on very quickly here in the NBA and get your thoughts on them. You know, the Lakers, no Anthony Davis. Uh, boy, I don't know what you make of the Lakers anymore. How about this? They lost it to the Orlando Magic. Uh, excuse me, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets at home. Now they're going on the road, and the Magic are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lakers. Is that number the correct number to set? Because – it feels like you go, well, I, I got to take the Lakers and LeBron, but then you go, what else do you have around LeBron? You got Russell Westbrook, and then what else? Nothing, really, at this point <laughs> in time without Anthony Davis. I mean, this team continues to struggle. We saw it. Um, and to me, I don't know how they get back on track. Orlando playing well, good opportunity to showcase themselves. Lakers gave up 51 in the third quarter against the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Um, let's see if they can respond on this one here. All right, so, again, getting three and a half on the road. How about the Sixers against the Wizards? Wizards, uh, interesting team here at home, and they're getting five against the Sixers, who feel like they're starting to hit their stride a little bit. Joel Embiid certainly in the MVP uh, conversation here. Uh, What about the Sixers now? Are they going to start rolling as they get healthy? Because I think they're a team we're going to be looking at in the second half. I'm not as high on the, uh, on the uh, you said the Sixers in the second half. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I was thinking Wizards. I'm like, I'm not that high on the Wizards. No, well, Sixers, because yeah. you kind of feel like once they get healthy. Right. I know we heard the James Harden stuff, you know, like, you know, whether or not he's going to leave to go back to Houston. That's kind of a weird thing to have happen now. I don't know if that's disconcerting in that locker room or not, but that's what he said. What do you make of the Sixers bigger picture in today? Lane the five, you know, to me, I look at this matchup and this is not a game I'm going to play pregame, but I like Philly the way they're trending right now. Mm -hmm. They've won eight in a row playing really well overall. But the big thing is, again, if you don't like that number on the road, you can wait, get a little bit of a better number. The one thing you have to give Philly credit during this winning streak, Dave, they have been extremely dominant. Mm -hmm. They have won every single game except one, or, or excuse me, uh, by two, they've scored at least 118 points. Wow. So they're scoring. The offense yeah. is there, and that's why you're seeing that total uh, right around 225 and a half for the Sixers uh, in D.C. today. Rockets, we know they're one of the worst teams in the league. We understand that, but they're going to go to one of the best teams in the league in the Boston Celtics. Huge number of 14 and a half, and that total of 229. What do you make of that? Yeah, this is going to be a big number here for uh, Boston to cover uh, at home tonight. Uh, just like against Minnesota on Friday, could have gotten Boston minus two and a half instead of the eight and a half on the pregame number. Uh, hopefully there's an opportunity here. I think this is a good one where I would look at the Rockets getting such a big number. I, I mean, Boston should win the game comfortably, but are they going to cover 15? Uh, that's a little bit more of a difficult challenge there. I would look at Houston here plus the 14 and a half. Okay. Uh, the Clippers, again, I, I always feel like the inner Jonathan Von Tobel comes out whenever you list. You start looking at the Clippers. I know it's a team that he's waiting for, certainly in the second half. Getting four. 
in the sixth, north of the border against the Raptors. We saw Pascal Siakam have a massive game at Madison Square Garden. What do you make of this matchup? Could be pretty intriguing. Lower total of 218.5. Yeah, John Wall out in this one for rest. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a tough spot for uh, the Clippers. Last night, they're down 14 with about three minutes to go. Have an incredible comeback against mm-hmm. Toronto. Uh, they win in overtime, get the cover of five and a half or six, depending on where you got the number. I almost took the Clippers last night pregame. I wanted to take it. It was at five and a half, then went to six. I said, I'm going to pass on this one. And I'm like, if I had that game, there's no way they're winning by 11 in overtime. <laughs> but they win oh, that one. Wow. And they win in overtime. They were, I mean, think about this. They outscored the Detroit Pistons in the final eight minutes by 25 points. Unbelievable. And they, they get the cover there. So that's one of the worst beats. If you had Detroit in that one, that is actually a yeah, really bad up beat. Up 14. With three, three minutes change. to go yeah, in regulation. And, and you lose that game. And then to get beat that badly in overtime, uh, I think it's a tough spot for the Clippers. John Wall, as I mentioned, going to be out for rest here. I would look at the Raptors um, tonight covering the four. Yeah, and again, it's like we, we throw around the term, the gambling community throws around bad beat too yeah. often. That is a legitimate bad beat. Well, Matt Eumanns on our network has a great line where he goes, you know, uh, overtime is where underdogs go to die. Yeah. And he's right about that. I mean, you know, you think you're getting that in big of a number, even in overtime, you need probably six to eight points to keep it competitive. And unfortunately wasn't the case for them. I want to hop up to a, a game. Uh, the last game on the board tonight, the nuggets against the Kings. I'm waiting for the nuggets to calm down, but boy, have they been really good uh, to begin this year uh, over 10 games, over 500. Now they're laying three and a half. In Sacktown, which can be a tricky place to play at times, could the Nuggets be in jeopardy tonight of the quote-unquote road upset? You know, I, I tell you what, Sacramento's a team I kind of pay attention to because they're out here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. It seems like their games, the the halftime opportunities are so significant or, or beneficial in terms of if you wait for the half. This is not a game I'm going to touch before it starts. Denver uh, had the overtime game against Phoenix, a good win the other night. Now you go on the road. Um, this will be a challenging game. To your point, Dave, Sacramento tends to play well at home. They're mm-hmm. competitive. This is one that I would take a wait-and-see approach on. It, it just seems like a tricky number on the road. I know it's not a big number. And Denver, though, they haven't been great on the road. They're 9-8. and eight. Sacramento 9-6 and six at home this year. So going to stay away from this game. Denver does come in having won five, uh, excuse me, four in a row. Uh, let's get to the MVP odds here a little bit. I mentioned that you know Joel Embiid getting back into that uh, conversation at 10-1 to 1 now. After having some some rather large games, obviously the shortest favor on the board is still Jason Tatum at plus two fifty. Giannis, it's one of those weird things. Like Giannis is the best player in the world, right? But he's not the favorite to win the MVP. Like it's just an interesting way you kind of juxtapose juxtapose those things. He's plus three thirty. Jokic, could he go back to back to back? He's four to one, and boy, has he been lights out so far this year. I don't think so. I think it'll take too much to be able to get it done. And I, I think that'll be a challenge because before they give MVP, last time guy won three in a row was Larry Bird, 84, 85, 86. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that'll happen. But if he plays as dominant as he has at times, he'd have a shot. I don't think he's a guy you can discount. But I think at this point in time, Jason Tatum is the clear-cut favorite based on the way the Celtics are playing and what he's been able to do throughout the course of the season. Any long shot that we see, like a jaw, 25 to 1, a Zion, if he could stay healthy, 30 to 1, Steph, who's banged up, 40 to 1. Could any of those guys get back in that conversation before the end of the year? Oh, they could. I mean, we still have a long way to go in the season. Nothing's out of reach at this point in time. We've only played 34, 35 games, depending on the team, before you get to the end of the year. So uh, I, th- I still think there's a lot of uh, space there for teams or guys to be able to step up. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that MVP market as it does shift. Let's update you what's going on in these bowl games. Memphis, by the way, is kicked against Utah State. So Memphis right now driving. They're already down in Utah State territory here. Uh, but it looks like they're going to have a fourth and long coming up. 
And we do have drama here. We don't know if we've got a catch in this critical third down. If you're a Georgia Southern backer or a Buffalo backer here, it's being reviewed as we speak or else it could be a key first down for Buffalo to run clock here. So still 23-21 to go in that game. Still in game opportunities there, uh, but we'll have to see if this first down stands. But right now it's really been tough for uh, Georgia Southern to get Buffalo off the field in these third and longs. Well, if the play stands, what, what's interesting to me is how where does the play clock get reset to? Because it was almost taken down to about seven, eight seconds when the referees blew the whistle. Mm. So that'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Clay Helton's running out of timeouts. I think he's only got one Correct. less. We'll update that. They did punt Memphis on their first drive against Utah State. So we'll keep you updated on the changing numbers in these bowl games. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Big news for our friends in Ohio. DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be opening up live in your state this Sunday, January 1st at 12.01 a.m. So to celebrate, all new customers are going to receive $200 in free bets when they sign up today. All you got to do is sign up. 200 bucks. Plus, five lucky customers are going to win a $100,000 free bet. You heard that right. A $100,000 free bet. Amal Shaw, I ask you again, boy, if you're in Ohio and you're one of those five lucky winners, what's the advice? What's the strategy to free bet that 100K? You know, I think you wait and reserve it for your best play, your favorite play, and then you just take your shot. And I don't know if it's a certain time frame in which it has to be played by mm. or – uh, what the stipulations are on it are. But hopefully, if you're fortunate enough to be able to win that, it's a great opportunity to make some serious cash. All right, so great news for our friends in Ohio. So, again, all you got to do is wait till the clock strikes midnight to begin the new year, and you are going to sign up. You're going to get 200 bucks, And, again, five lucky Ohioans are going to get a shot at a $100,000 free bet. We got drama here uh, at the uh, Camellia Bowl. It looks like Buffalo is going to be, well, they might have gotten the first down, and that would mean this game would end. It's over. So all you got to do is take knees. Mm-hmm. Clay Helton's going to go down. He's a loser. I mean, that's all. There's nothing, no other way to say it. Guy doesn't win, couldn't win on USC. No wonder why he thinks Kyle Van Treese is on par with Matt Barkley and some of these other guys. If I mean, <laughs> you've, you've seen some of the, the inability to get off the field. I couldn't stop him. Well, here's what I didn't get on the previous drive. It was third down and seven. They were throwing the ball because the Buffalo was smart enough to realize that giving up the timeout doesn't matter. They got to get the, the first down. They had two safeties that were 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. They are not running a go route. Listen, if they beat you with a go route in that situation, say, like, God bless you. You right. win the game. You get, you get, you, they, it's amazing how they ran dumb. a seven yard route on third and seven yeah. and they easily completed it. Like they've done all night. It's amazing. It, it's, they've played off the receivers. They're like, the guy, the defenders are always lining up. Okay, here are the sticks. Let's line up three yards beyond the sticks. You know, I'm going to win that second half wager of five yeah, and a half. Great bet. But I'll tell you, the way I won it was basically by a bad coaching decision by Clay Helton to go for two. Like that saved my hide. Well, he would have gone for two here. Right, right, right. He would have gone, gone for two in this situation. Yeah. So, knees are being taken. Memphis is going to get this one. The under is going to easily cash. That was 66 and a half, and this total is 44, so not even close. Well, actually, actually it wouldn't have gone for two, right? Because it would have made it 23-20. 
Take off one point. He would have kicked the field goal, yeah. I think I got saved by Clay Helton's bad coaching decision. I just don't think chasing points early in the third quarter, especially first play of the third quarter offensively, 14-34 to go. There's no reason to... You know, run that risk at that point. And remember, Georgia Southern tied this game up at 14, first first minute of the third quarter. And then they just kept turning the ball over. Buffalo kept kicking field goals. And that was enough for the Bulls to pull away and, and get this upset win, 23-21, the final there. We're talking about in-game a lot. And again, you know, that total was 66.5, never got close. Now the in-game, you could have got down to about 48.5, but those numbers still wouldn't have cashed with this uh, low total. Now in this Utah State-Memphis game right now, it's it was pre-flop 57, I do believe, 56 and a half. Still scoreless here in the first quarter. Defense is, again, reigning supreme. 56 and a half is now down to 52 and a half. Is there an in-game number you would look at? And Memphis, by the way, still six and a half point favorites over Utah State on the live number. Uh, you know, I haven't seen any of the game yet. We'll start kind of paying attention to this one here in a second, but... It depends on how the game is playing out. You know, this one with Georgia Southern, I thought they had a great shot to win this game at halftime. Mm-hmm. It looked like to me they were kind of beating themselves and giving up too many third-down conversions. And again, second half, it was still the same problem. But the Memphis game, the one thing you'd want to take into consideration, um, we don't have any audio up on it, but I know the wind was going to be a factor here. At, um, they're playing at SMU's home stadium at Ford Field in Dallas, and the winds were expected to be pretty strong. So far, you've seen both teams kind of struggle a little bit offensively. Yeah, and so, again, we'll keep an eye there on those numbers uh, as they go. I do want to get very quickly to Circus Survivor. And, again, boy, boy, boy. You had a chance to win over $6 million, I do believe it was, if the Raiders had beaten the Steelers on Sunday night. It's over. Circus Survivor is over. And that person would have won over $6 million. And wow. then, and then, well, we all saw what happened. The Raiders raided, and the Steelers won the game. So now you're saying, well, okay, we've still got four. The next day, that same person that was in line to win over $6 million had the Raiders just held on and one, took the Dolphins against the Packers. You go from having six mil in your hands – to having nothing in your hands in a 24-hour span. Yeah, but you were you had a great opportunity to bet the Steelers' money line mm. on, ah. Sunday, on Saturday night. You do night not know because, if that, that, that what's person that? hedged. It's a great point. It was Christmas Eve. Because now, again, what, what, but, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? you got to be cash ready in this town. <laughs> I mean, so, come so, on. Again, we don't know if that person hedged. But, boy, to your point. If you've got $6 million hanging in the balance and you're going to be the lone survivor, circus survivor winner, you're going to survive. Yeah. And you see that the Raiders are up 10 to 3, right? You could take the Steelers' money line at that point for a considerable amount. Yeah. Because you, you've basically got $6 million hanging there. Right. What would you bend your advice? Again, we do not know, but what, what do you do? Take, take $2 million? On the Steelers? You're not going to be able to get down for that kind of money. And, and, a million no, on the you're, Steelers? You're not, you're not, no, $50,000, $100,000 you can get down for. I mean, you take them on the money line because because that, that, you're down seven, so that money how many, line How prices, many people were left going into the Steelers game? Well, it, again, the other three would have been on the wrong side. So it was going to be so, so you're winning. Four, okay, so going into the final, there was four players left in that final game. Right. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You bet fifty or 100000 on the Steelers' money line. But you have to think about it going into the weekend. You sit there and say, okay, let me wire in this money to a sports book, whether it be uh, Circa or anywhere else. 
And, you know, if that situation presents itself, and especially when you found out Saturday afternoon, you had enough time to be able to do that. And that's, Amal, I think something that you talk about a lot in this program, and again, as we try to ed- educate the, uh, the gambling audience, is you're locking in profit. Yeah. You're locking in a big profit in, if you're in a situation like that. So let's hope that that person, just for Christmas, Christmas Eve, sanity, that they did at least get a big chunk of the Steelers' money line play because that would have been the way to go as that game unfolded. Now you're down to three. So you got three left here. And, again, when you look at the board, we'll show you, X means that they've already chosen that team, so you cannot pick the X, right. okay? How do you navigate here if you're down to three with two weeks to go in the regular season? What's the advice that we're giving out there for these circuit? Well, not that they're going to need our advice because yeah. they've gotten this far, right? But you got to have a strategy at hand. Yeah, I think so. But, again, um, it, it depends on where you're looking to go or which team you want to use. And remember, they get a million-dollar bonus for not using Cincinnati or the L.A. Rams. Now, one of the participants used the Rams uh, earlier, um, seeing if the, anybody used Cincinnati. looks like they've they've used them because these are the teams that are remaining, correct? Yeah, and the, the problem is, as you navigate these final two weeks, hopefully for these Circus Survivor mm-hmm. uh, contestants, the Giants are the play. Against a dead team, the Colts. Yeah. That feels like the, the way that you I, I go. think you'll see two people on the Giants this week. They both have them available. I think you take a look at the Giants uh, against the Colts. It's a, the team needs a playoff game. You're going against a non-contender. I think it's a great opportunity on a shorter week. This is a, a game we just talked about with Frank Schwab. And, and, again, I look at it and I go, how is it only five? Like, like again, to me, you just got to win, baby. You don't have to cover numbers here in Circus Survivor. You just got to survive. Yeah. So that does feel like that's the, the avenue of approach. Is there, of course, there's danger in any football game, but the Colts don't need it. There's no motivation. Nick Foles is getting the start. We saw what that looked like. They're on a short week. They're traveling to New Jersey. I mean, everything is stacked against the Colts. Right. So it feels like the Giants have got to be the play. I I would think so. Just looking real quickly at the schedule, I mean, when you see right now, you look at the matchups, um, do they have, I'll tell you another team you would look at Mm -hmm. the Detroit Lions. I'm with you there. Uh, so, Everybody's got them available. Okay, so the Lions could be a play as well. And, again, this is something you and I talked about yesterday. And I think if you're one of these lucky three that are still there, motivation. The Bears don't want to win football games. Well, I, I disagree with that statement. Well, the players because, do. Yeah, yeah. But the so, front office does not. Correct. Right? Because they're now – they could – if Houston wins again – you could be in a spot where all of a sudden you could be in the number one pick. Well, as cheap as the Bears are, they probably want to move down to the 64th pick in the first round. <laughs> but, but but that's where we are, right? Yeah. Like like the Bears on the road against Detroit, sure, they'd like to upset the, the Lions to ruin their playoff hopes. But really, big picture, it behooves the Bears to lose. Could that be an angle in Circuit Survivor? Well, no. Again, look, I... Look, it's, it's an effort. People don't give effort at this time because they just want to get through the season without injury. Right. But, I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a player in the NFL no, that is worried about a damn college player. No, they're not. I, I, and, and, you know, I, just to me, I always hate that narrative because if you're there, you're there for your job, your livelihood. So I think from that standpoint, it's crucial. But I think Detroit's a good spot. Um, and then, you know, what's interesting is if Carolina were to beat Tampa, Carolina's a team I would look at in the last week of the season against Atlanta. Wow. Getting down to nitty-gritty for the final three I, in I Circus go, Survive. I would go with the Giants, 
and I would go with Carolina in week 17 Woo! against Atlanta. See? Week 18. You're, you're navigating. You're mapping it out yeah. to get the, the final two weeks and get home with at least a share of those millions. Okay, when we come back, less than a week to go from the college football playoff. Let's break it down when you come back here on Big Bets on Beats and the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The countdown to 2023 has started, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook has you covered to start off the new year with a bang. Join Bet Rivers on both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day to ring in 2023. Log into BetRivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app. On December 31st, you're going to get a profit boost of 22%. Then on the 1st, 2023, 23% to ring in the new year with a qualifying wager. That's right, celebrate Bet Rivers and get not one, but two profit boosts. It is a whole. New game. Try to get some points here in the Utah State-Memphis game. Still scoreless right now in that game. But Memphis is on the move. Four minutes to go in the first quarter here. Utah State still getting about seven and a half. That that number was eight to begin. So nothing's really changed here as Memphis looks like they're in position to get the first points of the game. Yeah, they're in great striking uh, distance here. But I think, what, about the 10-yard line right yeah. now. So good opportunity to get on the board. Tough ticket in this one. I mean, I think there might be at least 1,000 people at this game. <laughs> right now, yeah, it looks like family and friends game right now so far for Utah State <laughs> and Memphis. This is like a COVID game. A battle of six and six teams uh, right now. We are less than a week away before we get to the college football playoff. And uh, I do want to talk about some of those those games and the national semifinals and some of the other props here. Obviously, number three, TCU against Michigan. Right. Number four, Ohio State against number one, Georgia. You can also do some exactas, which is really interesting in this one, too. Let's say you like Georgia against Michigan in that final matchup. That's minus twenty. Michigan, Ohio State. Boy, that'd be an interesting final. Plus 320. If you like the long shot in TCU, you can get four to one TCU against Georgia. Or the longest shot on the board here, TCU against Ohio State is 10 to one. Do you like the exacta route or do you like the individual games when you're handicapping these? Uh, I think you can go both ways, but at the exact is pretty good here right now with Georgia and Michigan at minus 120. Um, if you look at the money line, if we have the lines on the two teams, mm-hmm. I, I would say take a look at the pricing on those. Uh, right now, Michigan's minus $3, and I think Georgia's about two and change. So I'm just looking at the, the bet amounts real quick in terms of uh, what they would be. 260 for Georgia against Ohio State. Okay. So Ohio State plus 220 in that comeback there. Yeah. So you're laying a dollar, you're laying a hundred to win $84. Uh, $84. So on the, um, you, you're about the same. You're actually better off if it's at 260 or less on Georgia and Michigan's $3 or less. You're better off money line parlaying both of those teams than laying the minus 120 on the exact. See, that's the quick math that you can do right there. That you're like, okay, let me figure out from the, the sharpest. Um, mathematician statistical side of it here to get the best boost and, and bag, bagging for your buck. You know, Dave, if I put this much time in the market, I'd be in the Caymans right now on my yacht. <laughs> it's pretty interesting how you can do it that quickly on the fly. So what do we think is going to happen here? Because obviously TCU is, is the biggest dog uh, on the board here, but they're not huge dogs against uh, Michigan. This number has come down. And again, you get the blue bloods with Ohio State against Georgia, right? Yep. We know athlete for athlete, Ohio State can go with anybody. What do you make of those two games here for the national semifinal? Is TCU just up against it against Michigan? And is Ohio State live against Georgia? Yeah, I think Ohio State's uh, live against Georgia. I think when you look at TCU, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. I think Michigan's a complete football team. Donovan Edwards, despite the fact that Blake Corum's out, he's a tremendous running back. J.J. McCarthy and company, his mobility is going to present some challenges. This should be a really interesting and uh, 
interesting game from the standpoint, can TCU's offense move the ball effectively against uh, Michigan? Now, I will say one thing. Ohio State had opportunities in that Michigan game. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me. Ohio State ends up losing, I think, what, 45-23 or something like that? And everyone's like, oh, they got blown out. If you actually watch the game and know anything about football, it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the reality of it, there was a couple of plays here there that Cade Stover play on fourth and one where I thought they should have run the ball. I've seen three, four teams in the last couple of weeks go for it on fourth and one through the air. We saw the Packers do it on Saturday against Miami. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't run the ball and get one yard? Short yardage. I mean, it, it is kind of an epidemic right now. So we'll, we'll see if that's going to be competitive. I look at Ohio State and I go, okay, 62 is the total. Yeah. So... Again, these these numbers are, are just touchdown games, right? Yeah. We're going to both the national semifinals thinking, well, these could be relatively close. I don't know what style we're going to get. These games have trended to the under in these bowl games. Yes, there's going to be nervous energy out there. Georgia wants to be physical. We know that they got a physical tight end that right. they like to get Bowers in, in in you know some play action. What style of game? Up tempo, or do you think it really be, will be closer to the vest here with that total of sixty-two? You know, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I wow. think Georgia's going to be able to move the ball. I think Ohio State's going to be able to move the ball. Neither team should have that much difficulty throwing the ball. You're in a dome at the Georgia Dome, or excuse me, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. So great opportunity for both sides to be able to flourish. Uh, this is—I I don't know about you, but it feels like there hasn't been that much conversation around the college football no. playoff this year. Um, and I think part of the reason is because on New Year's Eve, I mean, especially on the East Coast, right? A lot of people like to go out. Eight o'clock Eastern. I mean, this game probably will not end almost until midnight because the way they manage to drag out the half times and everything yeah. else in between, this is going to be a really interesting uh, one if people are trying to get out that night. So if you've got a total of 62, mm-hmm. we're indoors, and you think these teams can score, you see a game in the 30s. You think this is a game that both teams could be north of 30? Well, Ohio State has scored at least 20 points in like 75 straight games. I mean, as good as Georgia's defense has been, we saw Missouri put up points on them. We, yeah. see, we, you know, Tennessee, they did a nice job of shutting them down. But you look at LSU was able to throw the ball against Georgia. So I think Ohio State should be able to do that. I'm looking forward to the individual matchup between Keeley Ringo against Marvin Harrison Jr. All right, that's going to be uh, an intriguing one there. 62 feels high, but Amal, to your point, Ohio State scores, and we know Georgia, if they can control the line of scrimmage, they're going to have they're going to try to run the football effectively and get their points that the, way. These are probably two of the three best offensive lines of college football, Michigan being the other one. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about Michigan against TCU yeah. here and what style of game we might see there. Now, that total would have been lower, 58.5. But again, 6.5 in the Ohio State-Georgia uh, game. This only 7.5. It got bet down, open around. You saw some 8s and 9s out there. It's come down to 7.5. I don't know if it'll get down to 7 before we get to kick. Obviously, a key number there. 58 and a half. Do you think we, we get some, we know TC wants to throw it. Yeah. Right. Michigan's pretty good back there in, in coverage as well. What do you think we see from Harbs against TCU? This can be interesting uh, because I'm not sure in terms of this total, uh, it could be very high scoring. If TCU is able to move the ball effectively, which I think Michigan will be able to do so against the TCU defense. I think Michigan should have do extremely well offensively just because of their ability to run the football and uh, control the line of scrimmage with their O-line. Uh, but I think the Frogs should be able to score some points. Uh, again, I mentioned the Ohio State game. We saw Illinois have some success against mm-hmm. Michigan as well. Not as much, but the weather was a factor. This one being played in Glendale. So you should have a scenario with in the Dome. Both teams should have no concerns about throwing the football and moving the ball. Looking forward to this one. I'm not sure how this one plays out, but I can make an argument for both sides. You know, I don't want to say it was a coming out party for J.J. McCarthy against mm-hmm. Ohio State. We saw what Ohio State did, right? Even though they didn't have Blake Quorum, it was like, hey, we're going to give you opportunities with single coverage. And he was able to be effective in some of those situations. 
Is that the way TCU is going to try to do it against Michigan as well? Say, all right, we'll take away your your great offensive line and your run game. And if J.J. McCarthy beats us over the top yeah. like he did Ohio State, then I tip my cap. Yeah, absolutely right. And, uh, you know, to me, the one thing I would point to is uh, that you look at it, it was some busted coverages. It was bad defense by Ohio State yeah. in that matchup. And if TCU doesn't make those mistakes, which I don't think they will, they've got a great shot. The other thing is, remember, Purdue kicked, I think, five field goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden O'Connell was 32 for 47 with two picks in that game. If they can just kind of convert opportunities in the red zone, because you can move the ball against Michigan. This is a good defense. It's not elite. And so I think that's where the frogs have an opportunity. Yeah, you know, Wyatt's producing this last segment behind the glass. He's got his Michigan sweatshirt on. Do you think he took offense when you said their defense is not elite? I don't care. I'm just telling you the facts. <laughs> Those are the facts. Hey, he put his hands up. Hey, I'm not getting, getting an argument out of me. He, he's too passive of a guy. He's too nice. You know, he, he, listen, he's worried about UNLV right now. <laughs> uh, by the way, we do have scoring uh, so far in this bowl game, but not a lot. Memphis did get a field goal. So we're inside of a minute of the first quarter, 3 nothing right now. Memphis does take the lead. Uh, against Utah State. Again, look at those in-game numbers. And this is a point we keep bringing up, and it's a really salient point, that if you just wait, certainly for overs, because the trend has been under here, yeah. that total of all has already plummeted down to 45 and a half. Remember, it was around 58 a kickoff, yeah. not that long, 57 before a kick, uh, not that long ago. Well, you know, you and I were talking in the commercial break. You said, do you like anything? And I said, take a look at the first half under 20 and a half. Yeah. Now we got a minute to go in the quarter. And you're going to need uh, three scores still to beat you. And the field goal really doesn't hurt you in that first half under if you get get in the no, live scenario it, it, because it, it's not a touchdown. No, exactly. And, um, you know, neither of these teams are stellar defensively, and it could improve as the second quarter goes on. But it just feels like I think the second half might be an opportunity for an over, but still a long way to go. Let's see how the second quarter plays out. All right, so 3 nothing right now, Utah State moving it. Uh, right now, if they get, it could be second quarter time here in about 30 seconds. We'll update those numbers again very quickly. Uh, before we go, I want to give out the pro tip here for our number two. And I do believe them all. It gets back to, to again, something we've been talking about. You, you got to show some, some uh, patience here in, in the betting market. And why, what, what, what do we have for that pro tip here? Very quickly, we're going to pop that up on the screen here. Yeah. But, uh, again, start looking at the unders because it, it does take patience, right? We're talking about in this game here, 3 nothing here in the first quarter. we got a lot of backup quarterbacks out there. And sometimes it just if you just wait, you're going to get some better numbers here because we're just not seeing the points you might expect in the bowl game. Yeah, and, again, it's crucial depending on which side you like. If you liked Buffalo in the other game, then you would have taken them pregame. But if not... Still, even sometimes you get a better number. Utah State might be catching more points as the game progresses so later on at halftime. That is the pro tip for hour number two. Again, you have access to up to 20 as a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Great stuff from all. Thanks to Wyatt and Stephanie. Great job behind the glass. We'll see you tomorrow here on Big Bets on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.